a moment of power. It's time for a Moment of Power podcast with Pastor Johnny Henderson being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Can y'all help me? Oh, my boo thing. My boo John. The first lady. Man, give God praise for her as well. Uh, Acts chapter 1. Verses 3 through 9. Post-resurrection. Post-resurrection. It reads, after, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, they gave, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you would be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power. Let's try to say power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. Let the church say witnesses. In Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, including Chesapeake and Virginia Beach. Amen. Oak Grove and Great Bridge. Amen. Verse 9. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes. And a cloud hid him from their sight. I want to read just a portion of verse 10 that says, they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. I want to use as a subject this, this morning, what are we supposed to do now? What are we supposed to do now? Let's pray. God, we thank you once again for the opportunity to share your word with your people. Thank you, God, for the privilege, the honor, the heavy responsibility to stand behind the sacred podium and Carefully disseminate your word. So God, I pray now that you would give me a fresh anointing from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. I pray, God, that you would uh, use me in your own special way. I pray, God, that you would articulate what you have given me to share, that you would give me clarity in my thoughts. And God, that you would just... Uh, be glorified through me in Jesus' name. Let the people see all of you and none of me. Let them hear all of you and none of me. God, may the, the words that I've typed on these pages, may they come to life and live in the hearts of the people. May the word of God, may your word live in the hearts of your people, God. And as a, as a result, may we all be edified. May you be glorified. And if there's anyone here that's not saved, God, I pray that uh, they would ask that, that, that ever so important question. What must I do to be saved? What must I do to experience this Jesus that y'all keep singing and worshiping and uh, preaching about? What must I do to experience that? And so God, we, we're, we'll be so careful to give you all the praise. It's in the name, the only name that matters. Christ our Redeemer. Amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. What are we supposed to do now? The disciples are faced with this 
uh, this post, what am I calling I'm calling it a, a post-resurrection dilemma. That's what I'm calling it. What are we supposed to do now? It's a post-resurrection dilemma. They, they now have to move on without Jesus' physical presence. This is a major change for them. Alright? This is a major change. The question is, how do you deal with change? Uh, many of us have had to endure some major changes and transitions in our lives. Transitions and changes are difficult because they often present a lot of uncertainty. We don't resist change because it's not needed. We resist change because it causes a disruption in our routines or what we become accustomed to. I can tell myself for a minute, one of the things in my 20 years in the Navy, y'all, one of the things I disliked the most was uh, the, the number of times you would potentially have to move from one duty station to another. I remember 2002, I was stationed in Jacksonville, Florida. I, would, I had been stationed living in Jacksonville, Florida for seven years. And then all of a sudden I had to get uprooted and move all the way to the west coast of San Diego. That was a major disruption, y'all. It was a, a major change because you're sending me now, a young country boy that's from the south. I know the south. You're sending me all the way now to the west coast where I don't know anybody. I don't know the culture. I can deal with Florida because Florida is the South. I know my way around the South. I know how Southern people act. I know how country people act. But the West Coast is a whole nother animal. I don't know if you've ever been to California or anywhere on the West Coast. It's, it's not like the East Coast. I, I, had, I had often heard how the West Coast was so much different than the East Coast. So you put in a country boy like me that's Raised in the sticks in South Carolina in a new setting, y'all. It, it was going to be a sight to behold. But here's the fact of the matter is change requires us to adjust to new things. New ways of life. New ways of thinking. New ways of doing things. Change is oftentimes for the better. Change, change often requires new environments. Or perhaps tweaking the environment that you're in. Change may even involve moving on without some people. My Lord, did you hear me? Change may require us to move on without some people. It's just a, that's just the nature of the beast. And this is what the disciples are facing this morning. They have, they have now a post-resurrection mandate. All right? A post-resurrection mandate. Mandate. Uh, we talk about salvation. Uh, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth Him should not perish but have ever or eternal life. Salvation is not the end of the deal; it's just the beginning of the journey. And the disciples they now have this post-resurrection mandate that Jesus has given them, and this same mandate is going to apply to us. So it does apply to us. The mandate that Jesus has given them is they, they, they cannot keep Jesus to themselves. Let me put it this way. They cannot hoard Christ. Do you know some hoarders? Yeah. You ever been in a house of a hoarder? They keep everything. 
Uh, they don't throw anything away. You have you find yourself stepping over stuff. Uh, the mandate for these disciples, you cannot hoard uh, the goodness of God. You cannot hoard this, this salvation that you have received from Jesus Christ. You, you got to go tell, run and tell that. Run and tell that. Uh, the mandate is they cannot keep God's most precious gift to themselves. And this same mandate this morning applies to us. We have a post-resurrection mandate to tell somebody about Jesus. I know last week we celebrated Easter. We, we got all dressed up. We had our pretty colors on. Some of you had your hats on and your nice Stacey Adams on. Uh, but usually, y'all, most people, after Easter, after Resurrection Sunday, everything goes back to normal. Yeah. We go back to the same routine. We, we had Passion Week. We had Sunrise Service. We was up at 4 o'clock. Uh, we, we up early. Go to worship service, sunrise, we come worship, and after that, everything goes back to normal. But Jesus says, no, nah, you got to run and tell somebody about Jesus. And so the question this morning becomes, how do we move forward with discipleship? How do we run and tell that? As the songs of Zion sing this morning. When we look at our text this morning, Luke, he takes credit for uh, writing this book of Acts. He wrote the Gospel of Luke and this book. By all accounts, Luke, he is a medical doctor or physician. Some refer to him as the great physician. But what, what we can also tell this morning is Luke is also a historian. He, he has meticulously written everything he witnessed over the course of two books. And we have the privilege of reading this within the Bible. Acts is important, y'all, because it tells the history of how the church grew after Jesus ascended to heaven. And Jesus has now left these men with this apostolic mission to build the church. What we find in Acts, the church is in the infancy stages of its life. Jesus established the church. The church is now in the infancy stages of its life. But the church has grown bountifully over the years. Even up until this very day, right here in 2023. But not only does Luke give background of the church in the formative years, but he also uh, lays out some things that we can do in this day and time to honor Jesus with our discipleship. He writes in these first few verses, in verse 1 he says, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and, came and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Luke goes on right here, appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. We know that Jesus, he began his ministry, Luke writes, at about the age of 30. Luke writes in uh, Luke chapter 3. He spent the better part of three years doing ministry while at the same time teaching the disciples everything they needed to know. Jesus knew they would need uh he knew what they would need to do ministry on their own. Jesus had given them authority to cast out demons and to heal the sick and do all sorts of ministry. And after the resurrection, he, he gives them the great commission. Matthew writes that even after some had seen him, there were still some doubts. And nevertheless, or nonetheless, he gave them this charge in Matthew chapter 28. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, 
Go and make disciples of all nations. That's the command. That's the mandate. He says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is what the disciples are up against now. Moving on without the physical presence of Jesus. They are now, not only are they disciples, they are now commissioned as apostles. The only difference there is a, a disciple is one who follows Jesus, but an apostle is one who has been sent by Jesus to continue the work of the church. And so here we are one week after Resurrection Sunday, one week after the Passover. Uh, Jesus has been tried. He has been wrongly convicted. He's been crucified. He's been buried in a borrowed tomb and he's resurrected. He's resurrected. The cross is still standing on Calvary. The, the tomb is empty. Jesus is back on the scene just for a short while. Luke made sure to point out that uh, Jesus still had to convince them that he was alive and in the flesh. Because apparently there were some that still had doubt. That there were some that still doubted that his resurrection was real. Jesus wants to convince them it's not a fairy tale. It's, it's not some spooky story. It's not something you, you'll read in the comic book section of the Virginia pilot. This is real. He wanted to make sure that they understood it was real because he was with them in the flesh. But they still had doubts. This brother by the name of uh, C.T. Craig, he says... The early Christians did not believe in the resurrection of Christ because they could not find his dead body. They believed because they did find a living Christ. I love that, y'all. And so here we are this morning. There's some things in this text that I believe we can take away from it. Uh, resurrection, what we know about Resurrection Sunday, is, is the high point of the Christian calendar. Again, we get all dressed up, we celebrate, everything goes back to normal. But Jesus says, go into all the world. Yes, yes. It's, it's not a normal thing. It's, it's, it's to go into all the world and to witness to my yes. people. Jesus goes on to give some instructions to these apostles. But these same things apply to us. Number one, what we see in the text as disciples, y'all, we have to rely on presence of Holy Spirit. Rely on presence of Holy Spirit. The presence of the Holy Spirit is a must. For every believer. Amen. Do you hear me this morning? Amen. Uh, don't do anything without the Holy Spirit. So true. This Holy Spirit, the, the Greek calls it the pneuma, uh, the spirit of our God. The, the spirit of the wind, the, the mighty worship wind. This pneuma, this is the spirit that, that Jesus is talking about. Jesus promised that the spirit would always be with us. He promised that he would always be with us through the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's the first thing we ought to notice in this text. That's good news for us this morning. And I hope you understand how important that is. Because he had to lead them physically, but the Holy Spirit would take his place. In other words, Jesus is always around whether we physically see him or not. We always say uh, he lives inside of us. We serve a risen Savior. Uh, we serve a living God. He's, he's present with us through, through His Holy Spirit. 
In verse 4, he says, on one occasion, Luke writes, while he was eating with them in the Passover, he gave them this command. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. He goes on to say, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. What I love about this, y'all, if you, if you think back to the Gospels, it appears that during Jesus' ministry, uh, he was the only one with the Holy Spirit. We know when he was baptized, the Spirit descended upon him like a dove at his baptism. Uh, when he was in the wilderness, the Spirit was on him in the wilderness. When he preached a sermon at Nazareth, when he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the good news. It appears, if I'm thinking right, it, it seems like Jesus is the only one during that time that carried the Holy Spirit or was in uh, receipt of the Holy Spirit or was filled with God's Holy Spirit. But Jesus promised them that they will receive it after he was gone. Here's the good news. The same Spirit that rested on Jesus during his ministry would empower these uh, apostles for witness. Did you hear me? The same Spirit that was on him or in him was now going to be on them. The same spirit that was on them and on him is also available for all of us. It's also in us. Amen. Watch this. The same Jesus that taught them during his earthly ministry would continue to instruct them through the Holy Spirit. That same Holy Spirit is teaching us each and every day. How to be disciples, amen? So we should rely on the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the representative of God. Jesus simply told them to wait. They would wait for the Pentecost to receive this promised gift of the Spirit. We see in John chapter 14, Jesus had promised them that the Holy Spirit would come. He says, these words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. He goes on to say, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I, give. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The presence, y'all. Let the church say presence. The presence of the Holy Spirit is the most important thing to us. Yes, yes, yes. The, the Spirit is God's agent within us. Amen. Amen. The Spirit works in several ways. It, it brings us joy. The joy of the Lord is always, it should be, always be our spirit, yes. our strength, rather. Yes. Amen. The Holy Spirit is what catapults us into our spiritual growth. It transforms us and grows us spiritually. The Holy Spirit is what uh, showers us with God's divine peace. We talk about that peace that surpasses all understanding. That, that only comes by way of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You can't buy it. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't uh, work for it. It comes by way of the Holy Spirit. This ain't something you can just pick up at Wawa and pop the cap and drink it. This, this comes by way of the Holy Spirit. And when God gives it to us, we have to walk in it daily. Amen. Uh, but this peace is also good in the midst of trouble. Amen. But then this, this Holy Spirit is what God is how God pours out his wisdom into us. Amen. God's divine, divine wisdom is what we need every day in our life. 
James, James, the Apostle James tells us in James uh, chapter 1, we ought to ask God for it if we don't have it. And he will give it to us generously. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is, is critical. It is, it is his presence made manifest in our lives. Jesus told a woman at the well that God is spirit. The same spirit that Jesus promised them, it applies to all of us. Yes. But he gave them specific instruction to wait. Uh -huh. Wait for the Pentecost that would happen some 50 days after Passover and resurrection. He's been baptized by John with water. But he tells them, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Amen. The same thing that John the Baptist prophesied in Matthew chapter, chapter 3. When he said, John said, Jesus was baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Yes, yes. Jesus goes on to confirm this prophecy with the promise of the Holy Spirit. And he showed himself to these men after his death on the cross and his resurrection. He gave them proof that he was alive. Yeah. And he told them, wait in Jerusalem. In other words, don't get ahead of God. Don't try to, don't try to go out here and witness without the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. You need the power of God to carry out this mandate, this assignment. Yes. And so for us this morning, the disciples of Christ, we must rely on the presence of the Holy Spirit. But the second thing we see in this text is not only presence, but power. We have to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you hear me this morning? The, the Holy Spirit is our source of power. Think of power, you, you can't, uh, it's not the main electric, it's not the kind of power we're talking about. This is not the kind of power you find at Planet Fitness. This power is exclusive, it comes from God. Uh, without the power of the Holy Spirit, y'all, we cannot operate successfully. Verse 7, he says to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. He says, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on. Uh, notice he didn't say go to Planet Fitness, go to the YMCA, but wait in Jerusalem. Stay in position. Uh, you can't shop around for it. You can't bargain for this. This, this ain't something you can get at uh, QVC, any of that kind of stuff. Just wait for God's Holy Spirit. And when it comes, it's going to give you power to do what I've called you to do. Did you hear me this morning? The Spirit of God. The Numa. Watch this. The Numa is the Spirit, but the power contained in the Spirit is with the Greek word, the dynamis. Uh, J.A. from good times, you say dynamite. Uh, the Greek dynamis, this is God's might, his strength, his power that we draw from God. Paul writes in Romans 1, he says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Amen. This is a different kind of power. This, this divine power that God gives all of us, amen. Paul writes in 2 Timothy chapter 1, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of 
power and the glory and of a sound mind. This, this, the spirit, y'all, is our source of power. The same spirit is what enlightens us. It enlightens us because I don't always know what to say. I don't always know what to do. But when I ask God to give me the words and give me the direction, the Holy Spirit just is enlightens me and guides me in what I need to do. Amen. The Spirit is the power that enables to do us to do what God has called us to do. Amen. Because the truth be told, when we go outside of these four walls and witness to witness to others. We need God's power. Because if it was up to me, I would be, I get real introverted. I get real antisocial. I don't want to fool with nobody, but that spirit will give me the unction to go talk to somebody and tell them about Jesus. Did you hear me this morning? I'm in the store just minding my business, but God will say, hey, you need to witness to that person right there. That's why we need God's power and His Spirit. Amen? And then God's power works through us to compel others to Christ. But not only that, the Holy Spirit encourages us. The Holy Spirit is a comforter and an encourager. He encourages us to keep going when we feel like giving up. So our power comes from the Holy Spirit. The disciples, they were not to run off immediately after Jesus had ascended into heaven. And start sharing the gospel of the risen Christ with everybody. Because if it, was, if it was left up to their own human instincts, they probably wouldn't be successful. But the Holy Spirit makes the difference. It's the anointing, the power, that's what's going to make the difference. In your witness and even in your life. Jesus said, wait until power comes from on high. Uh, it reminds me of that old American Express commercial. It says, don't leave home without it. Uh, every morning you get up, you want to say, God, just help me do what you call me to do today. I, I need your power. I need your, I need your dynamis to witness and do what you call me to do today. And as believers, y'all, the Holy Spirit dwells within each and every last one of us. Jesus says we ought to, we ought to stay in position. Get power from God. We ought to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We ought to uh, embrace the Holy Spirit before we do anything. So number one, we have to rely on the presence. But number two, we have to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. But the last thing, and we're almost done. This post-resurrection Sunday. The Holy Spirit then propels us into purpose. It propels us into purpose. We all have our own gifts. We talked about this Wednesday in Boston. We all have our own gifts. God has called us to different areas in ministry. But the chief mandate for all of us is to win souls for Jesus Christ. Are you hearing this one? Our chief, our collective mandate, our collective assignment is to compel and convince others about the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, as the men saying earlier, you ought to run and tell that. 
But let me add a caveat. Don't run without the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me this morning? Run until that, but run with the Holy Spirit. Amen. We, we ought to be witnesses of Jesus and influence the world through our words, our attitudes, and our actions that are shaped and transformed by the Holy Spirit. Luke tells him, he says, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sin will be preached in his name to all nations. That's what Luke writes in Luke 24. The plan is to impact the world for the glory of God. That's what the plan is, y'all. Jesus, uh, Luke goes on to write that uh, uh, then you will go be my witnesses, he writes in uh, verse number 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Then verse 8b it says, and you will be my witnesses uh, in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In other words, Jesus is calling us to make more disciples. This is attached to the uh, Great Commission in Matthew 28. It all lines up together. It, it's a mandate for all of us to make more disciples. But the Holy Spirit has to be part of the equation. When we witness, we give testimony based on what we know, based on what we have seen, and what we have experienced. Amen. That should be our response to God's gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives. To, to witness, to pass it on to somebody else that may not know Jesus Christ. Amen. We, we point it back to the Great Commission. We are to make disciples. And we are to make mature disciples. Amen. He says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Amen. It's a simple message, really, though. The message is simple. Jesus, Jesus, uh, Jesus. Christ came in the, in the form of the flesh. He died to pay for our sins. He was resurrected. And he is exalted in heaven. He calls us to believe in him and receive forgiveness of sin. That's a simple message, y'all. It, it doesn't have to be complicated, but it is the good news. Amen. That, there's no, it's not a Ponzi scheme. It's not a pyramid scheme. There's, there's no contract to sign. There's no system to join. There's no monthly installments. None of that is simple uh, forgiveness of sins through the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a, it's a simple witness, but we have to be committed to it. Amen. If we're going to be effective, we got to be committed to it. We got to be both feet into it. Not one foot on this side and one foot on the other. Amen. We have to be committed to it. That's why he says, uh, if anyone's going to come out to me, they got to take up their cross and follow me. Amen. Are you hearing me today? Witness, y'all. Witness. Witness gives testimony based on what we know. You have testimony. Your testimony will save somebody's life. Your, your testimony is a matter of life and death. Your testimony will turn somebody's life around. Amen. You, you get up here every Sunday and saying, he picked me up, turned me around, and placed my feet on solid ground. That's testimony that might save somebody's life. I was, I was on my sick bed, laid out, didn't know if I was going to make it, but God healed my body. That's testimony for somebody. That is witness. Jesus says, uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, from, from Oak Grove to Great Bridge to Deep Creek to Grassfield to Hickory to Lanstown to Lynn Haven, 
Princess Anne, Norfolk, Hampton, everywhere, the ends of the earth. Everybody needs to hear about it. That Jesus has commanded all of us to carry the message to someone else. We can't be hoarders of the gospel, amen? We can't be pack rats when it comes to the gospel. Uh, we can't keep it bottled up in a, in, a, in a bottle. We can't keep it shoved in a closet. But Jesus says, go and be our witnesses in, in all of the earth. Amen. On our jobs, at the family cookouts, in the schools, in the communities, right out here on the sidewalk. Go and be my witnesses. Jesus says, don't go without the Spirit. Because that's what is going to make the difference. Amen. The Spirit fills us up and keeps us from being empty vessels. In other words, the Holy Spirit changes the whole equation. Amen. It changes the whole equation for the church and for the individual. The Holy Spirit confirms and validates His presence in all of us just by giving us the words to say. Amen. And so I'm done. Uh, we we. The same spirit that rested on Jesus that goes on to rest on these apostles also rest on us. Are you hearing me today? And I come to tell you this morning, we're no different than these apostles. Our power is the same because it comes from the Holy Spirit. Our purpose is the same because it is to be God's witnesses. Plan hasn't changed from that time to this time, but it's because it is to impact the world through Jesus Christ. Yes. Yes. Thank you. So the sermon title was simply called, What Are We Supposed to Do Now? We celebrated the resurrection last Sunday. We like to shout early on Sunday morning. <laughs> He had all power in his hand. Yes. But then we go home and everything is back to normal. But Jesus says we're out of order. Because you got to be my witnesses. It's cute in the church. But make it count outside. Are you hearing me this morning? What are we supposed to do now? These men have watched Jesus ascend into the clouds. He's going on back to be with the Father. He's going on back to the right hand of the throne, but the work doesn't stop. And I, the same thing for these disciples, the same thing applies for us. We, we shouted and we snotted last week and we got dressed up and looked real cute, but the work doesn't stop. We must go on to be a witness for the Lord. What are we supposed to do now? Do I have any witnesses in the house? I know I got some witnesses because if you've been saved by grace, you qualify as a witness. Amen. need to see your resume but if you've been saved by grace you qualify as a witness I don't need to do an interview with you but if you've been if you've confessed the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you are now a witness of the Lord Jesus Christ 
So what are we supposed to do now? You ought to bear witness to the fact that a life devoted to sin and darkness is now devoted to the Lord. You ought to bear witness to the fact that you may have been lost and couldn't find your way. Was was sinking deep in sin, but the Lord picked you up and turned you around. Are there any witnesses in the house? And I like to refer back to that old song, I was sinking deep in sin. Somebody say, far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. I love it, y'all. But the master of the sea, he heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me down, safe and high. Do I have any witnesses up in here? You are bear witness that you was loved. Celebrate resurrection 
and then go back to normal. We can't act like it's all peaches and cream. If you haven't paid attention, society is going crazy. And I got a sneaking suspicion they all, we all need Jesus. Uh, somebody sang that song, I need just a little more Jesus. Amen. Can't go back to normal. We have a mandate to share the gospel with so many lost and dying souls. Come on, stand to your feet. Amen. Listen, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus in the, the pardon of your sins, if you're here today, the doors of the church are open. If that's you today, please come on down. As I said in my sermon, it's, it's not a trick, it's not a gimmick. No contract to sign, no monthly installments. It's a simple confession and belief. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall or will be. A moment of power. It's a moment of power with Pastor Johnny Henderson being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Connect with them by visiting their website, lzmbc.net. Pastor Henderson, Lady Henderson, and the Little Zion family want to thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you will not miss a moment of power.